the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Happy Leap Day, guys. Oh, yeah. It's Leap Day. It is. Hop to it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> We're already starting really well, early. Hey, you know, it's not every year you get an extra day. As a matter of fact, it's only once every yeah. four years. Yeah, and I ask for that extra day all the time. You do? Oh, oh yeah. Please, oh. Lord, just one more day. Oh. So. Just so you could be oh. close to me again. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, Did brother. you know today is the feast day of St. Oswald? <laughs> Oswald. Yeah. The question is, do Ooh. we only celebrate it once every four years? Oh, poor guy. Think That's about that. a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Might have to ask Father Matthew Dunn this morning. Or we may to find out. The answer. Or we may find out. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when we talk about our saint of the day coming up. Go. In the meantime, we're going to offer prayer for his intercession in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, our King, who by the hand of your servant Oswald lifted up the standard of the cross, that your gospel might be preached in many lands. Plant the standard of the cross in our hearts and let your grace shine forth in our lives so that many may be drawn to the knowledge and love of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, amen. Holy Spirit, amen. St. Oswald. St. Oz, pray for us. That's a good day to name your child uh, after the saint. If yeah. you're born there on you Saturday, That's what Dave's going to do. just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a wonderful lineup for you today, starting off with some events in our listening area. We will give you details about at 10 after. You can find all of these events and so much more at our website, ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Camille Polly joins us. She's a co-founder and president of Healing the Culture. Today, we are talking about a new video series targeting the Gen Z generation and abortion. So we're going to tackle that topic of abortion. What does the Gen Z generation think? Kind of that educational aspect of it. Looking forward to that conversation with Camille today. In 35 minutes, Alan Ames joins us. Probably sounds familiar because he will be in Southeast Louisiana coming up in March. He's a Catholic evangelist and healer, and he is going to tell us his testimony and give us some details on these various speaking engagements that you can find. ccmedia.live is where you can go and take a look at all of those right now. In 48 minutes, Father Matthew Dunn will be uh, over the phone with Damien. He's a pastor over at Christ the King at LSU. Today we are getting a Diocese of Baton Rouge Eucharistic Revival update. So looking forward to that conversation with Father Dunn today. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report. What is this leap day looking like? (laughs) You like clouds? You're going to love today. That's Mm -hmm. right, because it's going to continue to be like it has been for the last day or two. Cloudy skies, and uh, sun will peak in and out. A slight chance of rain, only 15%. 
High is going to be 60, so a little cooler than the days prior. And winds are either to east, northeast at about 10 to 15 miles an hour. Tomorrow we'll see some early morning rain with showers off and on throughout the day. So we're going to put that at about a 60% chance of rain. The high is going to be 66. Come the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, temperatures are going to be in the mid to upper 70s with the lows somewhere in the 60s and uh, hit and miss showers again both Saturday and Sunday. So we'll take our chances with the rain. In the meantime, temperatures in and around the area, 53 degrees in Baton Rouge and Covington as well as Gulfport, and in home of Thibodeau and New Orleans, they're reporting 55 degrees. It is almost 5 after the hour on this Thursday morning, Leap Day, and you're listening to Wake Up. Good Thursday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from... Luke chapter 16. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented." Moreover, between us and you a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, O no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In today's gospel, Jesus tells a parable about two men. The one is exceedingly rich and is described as a royal figure, for he was dressed in purple garments and fine linen. Moreover, he dined or celebrated not just on special occasions, but every day. A poor man is also introduced. In addition to being destitute, he was hungry and longed to eat the fill, just like the prodigal son. Perhaps he was also lame or crippled, for he was lying at the rich man's gate. This pitiable man was also covered with sores and probably considered accursed from God. Adding insult to injury, dogs licked his sores. His name was Lazarus, from the Hebrew Eleazar, my God is help, the name of the man who was Abraham's faithful servant. The rich man offered no help to Lazarus. Both men died. The rich man was buried, but Lazarus 
could not even afford a burial. He was carried away by angels to the side of Abraham, where he enjoyed the promised beatitude. The rich man went to Sheol, the abode of the dead, where he suffered torments in fire, a point repeated several times. When he sees Abraham, the rich man calls him father and asks him to send Lazarus to give him just a drop of water. He is refused. During his life, he could have crossed the chasm that separated him from Lazarus, but not now, for he must suffer the consequences of his life's choices. Then the rich man asks Lazarus to be sent to warn his brothers. He is refused, for they had Moses and the prophets. Open your hand freely to the poor, commanded Moses, and share your bread with the hungry, ordered Isaiah. And finally, the rich man pleaded to send someone from the dead to his brothers, that they would repent. Abraham again responded negatively, For if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. And so it was that the religious leaders of Israel, who had the testimony of Jesus' resurrection from their own guards, refused to believe. He has risen. Does this reality inflame our faith and permeate our actions? Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Oh, we will indeed have a wonderful day. Thank you for that reflection. Father Chris, thank you for the gospel. And thank you for tuning your heart to the truth here on Wake Up each and every morning. We're so glad to have you. And we have some events for you that you may want to attend, like This coming weekend, Closer Walk Ministries will be having their third annual gala on Sunday. That's March 3rd, this Sunday, from 4 to 7 at Mike Anderson's in the Clarion Inn and Conference Center on Highway 30 in Gonzales. People come from all over to help support Father Jeff Bahi and his ministries. Proceeds go to help Closer Walk Ministries, a program you hear on our radio station each weekend. And those proceeds help support the ministry throughout the year. Tickets for the event, $175 a person, $1,200 for a table of eight. For more details, go to the place we always tell you to go. No, not hell or heaven. Go. CCmedia.live. Yeah, go there. Go there. Yeah. That's right. All right. Or heaven. <laughs> or heaven. Yeah, you can do that too. Wow. I'm shocked. Him, you kinda, yeah, you kind of woke, woke Dave up. If you're up now, you are. We're awake now. Kind of, kind of derailed me, boy. I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat now through the whole show. Okay. On March 10th, St. Catherine of Siena, Knights of Columbus, Council 12686 will hold the hold the twenty first. Annual First Responders Mass, that's on March 10th at 11 a.m. Archbishop Gregory Amon will celebrate the Mass honoring police, firefighters, EMS, and first responders from Jefferson Parish and the Louisiana State Police. The Mass is going to be followed by a reception, and it's going to be held at the St. Catherine of Siena Barrett Complex. The event's open to all members of Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Department, Jefferson Parish Fire Department, emergency medical technicians, including the municipalities of Kenner, Harahan, Gretna, West Wego, and the Louisiana State Police. So to have a spot saved, contact Norman Romagosa. Uh, and, uh, well, I tell you what, go to ccmedia.live. We'll probably have a phone mm-hmm. number there for you because all I have is an extension here. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> It'll be on ccmedia.live. Take a look at that calendar. Well, we love a good summer camp, and we are approaching that time where we have to figure out which summer camp are we going to choose? Well, the 2024 St. Catherine of Siena summer camp is six weeks, and it starts June 3rd and ends July 12th, although there will not be a camp on Thursday, July 4th. Spots are available to any child entering pre-K-4 through the 7th grade, and it's open only to current St. Catherine of Siena students and parishioners. Registration is limited to 300 campers each session. The hours are 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., 3 p.m., and you can go to ccmedia.live to register your child and for more information. Alrighty, and last but not least, want to do a shout out to the Notre Dame Seminarians. I uh, had a strong showing at the St. Francis de Sales Invitational Basketball Tournament oh. in Milwaukee. They came in fourth out of 14 teams. Wow. Way to go, hunchbacks. Yeah. All right. All right, folks. <laughs> Quarter after the hour. Stick around. <laughs> We've got more. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 29th. Today we celebrate St. Oswald. The last acts in the life of today's saint make for an amazing story. In truth, they merely underscore the holiness he exhibited throughout his life. Born into a military family in 10th century England, Oswald was the nephew of the Archbishop of Canterbury, who raised him and played a crucial role in his early education. Oswald continued his studies abroad in France, where he was ordained a Benedictine monk. Following his appointment as Bishop of Worcester and later as Archbishop of York, he founded monasteries and introduced many reforms. He supported and improved scholarship at the abbeys he established, inviting leading thinkers in such fields as mathematics and astronomy to share their learning. Oswald was widely known for his sanctity, especially his love for the poor. The final winter of his life was spent at the cathedral in Worcester that he so loved. At the start of Lent, in February 992, he resumed his usual practice of washing the feet of twelve poor men each day. On February 29th, Leap Year Day, Oswald died after kissing the feet of the twelfth man and giving him a blessing. The news of Oswald's death brought an outpouring of grief throughout the city. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth on this beautiful leap day. We're so glad to have you join us. Camille Polly is our first guest today. She is the co-founder and president of Healing the Culture. And today we are talking about a new video series really kind of geared toward the Gen Z generation on the topic of abortion. Hey, Camille, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, Gabby. Good to talk to you again. It's good to have you with us. Let's talk about the Gen Z generation. First of all, I have uh, some good friends that are part of the Gen Z generation, and it's insane just to think my generation as a millennial is very different from the Gen Z generation. There's a lot that uh, they grew up on that we didn't grow up on. As far as technology goes, they have a lot of influence out there. They're hearing a lot of things. They're always on their devices and with these different mm -hmm. social media platforms and people telling them what to think. When it comes to something like abortion, especially when it comes to things like voting issues that we have, especially this year, it's important that we educate uh, those who are starting to vote for the first time. 
the topic of abortion. So tell us a little bit about this video series and how it's kind of geared toward that generation. I will. You know, this generation is a wonderful generation. They've got so much at their fingertips. They're zealous, they're smart, they're eager. But there's also the dark side. You know, the studies are all showing that these Gen Zers are on their phones, their electronic devices, and connecting to people through social media almost the entire day. 90% of them are claiming that they're on their mobile devices, you know, over 80% of their waking hours. And that's really, really bad for you. (laughs) You know, it's showing that Mm -hmm. these kids get confused about everything from their identities, their gender identities, their sexual family identities. Um, You know, they're a very confused generation overall. They're confused about the moral issues, the sexual issues, the religious issues. The good news is that studies are also showing that this generation is trying to access faith and God online more than any other generation that's online. So that's telling you that they're missing something, they have a God-shaped hole, and they need this. You know, they need what we have to say. So we created this series called Forbidden Discussions, specifically for Generation Zers who are out there looking for something deeper, who aren't pro-life necessarily, who aren't religious necessarily, but who are really feeling that hole and knowing something's missing. And they're not allowed to, we call it forbidden discussions because they're not allowed to talk about these things online or you get canceled, right? If we talk about abortion yeah. online, we get canceled. If they talk about it in their classrooms, they get canceled if they even suggest the mm-hmm. opposing viewpoint. And so we wanted to be kind of provocative and say, okay, these are forbidden discussions. So let's discuss them. <laughs> let's talk about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Camille, how, okay, so first of all, how do you grab the attention of a Gen Z? Uh, person uh, to to watch the entire video, let alone sure. a, a series. Sure. So first of all, they're short; they're three minutes long. Um, secondly, we get them on YouTube, and we serve them. We serve the the videos, um, in, you know, in the direction of those kinds of audiences and what they're watching, and we pop them up there in between the videos they're watching. We have a, a very high view rate, a surprisingly high view view rate over 30% watch all the way to the end, which is amazing. Um, and, uh, and the other way we get them to watch is that uh, we've got Gen Zers, a, a man and a woman who are debating the abortion issues online with each other using Gen Z technology. So they're talking to each other through computers the way Gen Zers do, and they bring up these issues. Mm-hmm. And what really makes it provocative as well is that these two people, you know, they're somewhat scripted, so, you know, they're, they're not all the way off the cup. We wanted them to talk in a particular direction so that they could be teaching as well as debating. But what's really cool is that they switch sides. And so in one episode, mm-hmm. you know, the woman will be pro-life and the man will be pro-choice. In the next episode, they switch so that she's pro-choice and he's pro-life. And it, it allows the Gen Zers to see you can have a rational discussion about a really controversial issue with another person in a humane, dignified civilized way without canceling each other out by looking at the other side and really considering it. It's been, it's just, we've gotten phenomenal responses, not just from kids, but from, you know, other generations too, who watch it and say, wow, I didn't, I never even thought of that before. <laughs> so it's been, yeah. It's so been for a those experience. For those who aren't mm-hmm. familiar, Gen Z is a generation between uh, 1997 and 2012. So they grew up with technology as they were growing up as children, teenagers mm-hmm. and onward, whereas millennials, that wasn't really there. You know, it's 80, I think 86, I didn't, 1980 until 1996 or 1986 or something like that. So we had some time without technology, whereas Gen Z's, it was always there. So... YouTube, that's almost kind of genius, Camille, because they're on YouTube, they're on that social media platform watching these videos. Um, what's the reaction been 
with that? A lot of the reaction is that we're bringing up arguments that these kids haven't heard before. We don't just want them to think about the biological argument, although that's extremely important. We don't just want them to think about the statistics, the slippery slopes, you know, the post-abortion syndrome, you know, arguments. We want them to think more deeply about, is this even going to make me happy? And what does happiness mean? And where do I think I'm going? So, you know, the woman, her name is Finley in the episodes, and and the, her opponent, when Isaac, the, the male, is being pro-choice, he brings up this argument that you can't force morality on women. You know, even if it's, it's a better way to live, to not have an abortion, you can't force that on women. And she says, yeah, but it is a better way to live, isn't it? And he says, well, yeah. And, and, and they, they agree that it's a better way to live, but he says, ultimately, you know, you don't want to put it into law. And what she says is, yeah, but we put this into law all the time. You can't force people to love school-aged children. But when you're late to work and you're speeding past a school zone, that's again, we make that against the law mm. because it can hurt people. And, and people don't really think about that, that they, we're not trying to force you to love unborn children. We're trying to say there are some things that you just don't do because it's wrong. And that, that was really appealing yeah. to, to our audience to say, you know, there are some things that are more worthy of me. You know, we, we need to be called to something higher than just living for myself. And we're afraid to talk about that in the pro-life movement because we think people are going to say we're judging people. But the response we get from yeah. Gen Z is, well, that sounds noble. <laughs> They're not hearing noble yeah. arguments. They're not be, being prodded to be courageous and heroic and self-sacrificial by what they're reading on social media. It's all do this for you, and it's all about you, and you can be you. and Be a hero by being you. And when they hear this argument, it's actually very, it's disruptive to what they have learned life is all about. And it's engaging because they have the same God-shaped hole that you do. Camille, this is Damien. Good morning. Uh, do Good morning. males have a stronger opinion or a less opinion than females in regards to abortion? Well, we have found consistently for quite a number of years that men, especially in the older Gen Z bracket, you know, kind of 17 to 24 years old, mm -hmm. tend to be more pro-abortion than women are. Mm. And it kind of makes wow. sense because they, in that bracket group, and it makes sense because, you know, when they're when they're growing up thinking that everything is just about, you know, their their own fulfillment, their own personal, you know, biological or ego fulfillment, you know, abortion is a really handy thing. At least it seems that way, you know, in a, in a young mind when it's being pushed on you from all sides and, you know, it's a woman's choice. To a man, that's very liberating. To a woman, abortion ends up being slavery. But to a man who's kind of mm. lost and confused in that culture, it's very liberating. But it's mm. like, oh, we should just get an abortion. And so everything will be fine. And it's her right and it's her choice, so it's not my responsibility. Right? And so I, it, it's a really hard thing for men to go through when they're not getting moral direction from the culture. They slip into it, I think, a lot easier than women do. And Finley, in one of the, these episodes, points that out. She says, she says, listen, when she's on the pro-life side, she says, don't we, don't we praise men when they're being self-sacrificial, when they're caring about the children that they father, you know, don't we praise them and call them noble and heroic and good and self-sacrificial? And don't we all applaud that? Why, why don't we think we can do that for women? Why do we suddenly think when a woman's pregnant, mm -hmm. oh, well, she'll just get rid of it like a dirty old purse because she's got other things to do. You know, and that is also a very appealing argument to these young people. Yeah, what am I being sold the bill of goods that I'm really just a nothing who whose only concerns are lipstick and fingernail polish? Hmm. I mean, that that's what's degrading these women, and that's the arguments we're pointing out. We're not afraid to say it. Mm -hmm. Wow.
Yeah, well, and Camille, one of the things that I've seen when it comes to videos on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, is these uh, the pro-life, uh, pro-choice advocates can be actually very convincing um, until you kind of snap back and say, wait a second, and kind of think a little bit on that. It sounds like that's exactly what you're doing here as far as the pro-life issue. I think this is a great video series to show uh, in youth groups, uh, religion classes, uh, and beyond. So where can people go to find out more information about the video series and take a look? Sure. They can find them on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, Healing the Culture. Um, but an easier place to get all of our videos is healingtheculture.org. So if they go to our website, easy to remember, healingtheculture.org, um, we have a video. You just say, watch videos right on the homepage. It'll take you to our, our whole slew of videos. And we've got that series online. It's all free. We've got series for teenagers. We've got series for older people. Series for college students and a really fun series even for littles, for kindergarten, for second graders called Philo and Sophie, which teaches these pro-life philosophies to really mm-hmm. young kids without talking yet about abortion, you know, uh, or euthanasia. But it gives them all the pro-life arguments that they're going to need later in real clever ways. So healingtheculture.org is where people want to go. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Camille Polly, co-founder and president of Heal and the Culture. Camille, thank you for joining us today. You got it. God bless you. All right. And also, guys, did you know that YouTube is one of the most popular social media platforms for males? So uh, no, there I you go. That. Really? I can yeah, target yeah. that. So uh, I think that uh, they're doing a really good job over at Heal in the Culture. Definitely take a look. Three minutes, not long. Sounds powerful. I'm interested to uh, continue to learn a little bit more about the findings from these videos mm-hmm. uh, with the Gen Z generation. Very cool stuff. Well, stay with us. Alan Ames joins us when we return from the break. He is a Catholic evangelist and healer, and he has various speaking engagements coming up in March in Southeast Louisiana. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Damian Calado. And right now, we are joined by Alan Ames. He's a Catholic evangelist and healer. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. God bless you all. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. I had more people come up to me and say, are you going to have Alan Ames on the radio? So we yes. finally, <laughs> finally have you. And so we're, we're so happy to have you here. And, and Alan, in doing research on your life, my goodness, uh, did you ever think that you would be in this position uh, to where you'd be talking about Christ to everyone and then doing healing services <laughs> as well? Uh, that was a, the last thing from my mind. Believe me, I never thought I'd be doing anything for God. But obviously, he had other plans, and yeah. it changed my life. And uh, it's been wonderful. It's been 30 years now. It's been absolutely amazing. 30 years. And we're talking extremes, Alan, in a kind of in a nutshell. Give us your story uh, about your life. Yeah, well, I was a man who didn't believe in God, and I, I lived a, a sinful life, committing just about every sin. And then 30 years ago, uh, for a series of uh, mystical events, God intervened into my life and uh, woke me up, showed me where I was going wrong and that I was going to hell unless I I changed my life. And with the loving encouragement of our Lord and our Blessed Mother and the saints, I was led along the path of the Catholic faith, which the Lord told me was the true faith that we should all live. 
and each day now he, he guides me to a, a sacramental and a prayerful life uh, centered around Holy Scripture, yeah. and, and uh, it's wonderful. Alan, you were a member of a biker biker gang. Uh, you were you were in. I mean, you, you you lived a life of alcohol and violence. Talk about that. Oh yes, that was in in London where I lived, and I was brought up with mm-hmm. my older brother. We were in a motorcycle gang. We were extremely violent and did all the bad things that motorcycle gangs do. And uh, but I was, I was never at peace, even though I had this this anger and this inside of me and a resentment for the world. And wanted to hurt as many people as possible. Hmm. I, I, I had this uh, something was missing in me, and I didn't have any peace. And it was only when God came into my life that He took away all the feelings of anger, resentment, hatred, bitterness, and replaced them with this wonderful peace that remains with me every day now. Is it was it a was it a gradual growth into your faith, or was there there's some a one high impact point? What was your oh, turning point? No. <laughs> 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 My turning point was when uh, an evil one appeared and began to strangle me, and I, I thought I was going to die. There was nothing I could do to stop it. And mm-hmm. a voice said to me, pray to our Father. So I began to pray it in desperation. And as I did, the strangling stopped. You, you're when physically getting right. strangled, is what? what you're saying. My goodness. Yes, yes, I was. Okay. Yes, I was, yeah. And uh, oh. when I stopped praying, the, the strangling stopped. I started praying again. Uh, sorry, when I stopped praying, the strangling started again. When I stopped praying, it, it, it uh, you know, it, when I prayed, it didn't happen. When I didn't pray, it began. And it went all through the night, this strangling. Gosh. And in the morning, uh, you know, I, had to, I was shocked. I was thinking, did this really happen? And yeah. of course it did, because all my neck was sore and everything. Um, and then it was then that uh, God had come into my life and encouraged me to pray to our Father. And it was from that moment on, that I was led into the Catholic faith. Now, were you Catholic? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, were you born Catholic, or were you born? Or were, you, were you ever baptized, or did that come later in life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my my mum's an Irish Catholic. My dad's a Catholic. Well, they both did not. Okay. But uh, they tried to bring me up in the faith, but I had no interest. I mean, I yeah. just didn't believe in it. Like many people, I just just didn't care, and I just thought about myself and the world. My goodness, my goodness. And so talk about your growth in the Catholic faith then. Uh, um, what, 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 how did you do it? Did you educate yourself or did you go to people? What did you do? Uh, no, God educated me. I've not read any books. I've not had any teaching from anyone. Uh, the only book I read is Holy Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, to Ma- go to Mass every day. But each day the Lord and heaven guide me along the path and... Uh, show me how to live the faith and give me words. And, of course, I've written lots of books with the yeah. words they give me. And, and all those books are checked by the Catholic Church. Nothing's published without the OK of the Archdiocese. Oh, yes. Um, and, and so uh, no one really taught me except God, and, of course, he's the greatest teacher. Well, then, how did the healing aspect come about? How, how did that begin? Well, the Lord has asked me to go out and start talking about his love which I did, and then he asked me to start praying for healing. So I thought, well, I can't do this, who am I? But he said, try it. See? <laughs> so I started praying over people, nothing happened. And you know, I'd given about 10 talks praying over people, nothing happened. And I said, Lord, I think I might have got this wrong. Maybe it's my pride telling me to do this. He said, no, persevere. Then a few months later, when about another 10 talks later, I was, I was giving a talk and I prayed over people, and all of a sudden, 
you know, there's about five or six hundred people there. Ninety-eight percent of them fell, fell on the floor in front of me. I was amazed. And then there was uh, cancer healed, a blind person saw a cripple walk. There's many, many healings. And, and the priest in that parish mm. became my, my uh, spiritual director after my first spiritual director died, and he still is my spiritual director now. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Lord was telling me what he was calling for was my perseverance. He kept asking me to pray for healing. I didn't give up. And he said it was the perseverance that opened me to the grace. And that's the same for everyone. If we persevere in prayer, if we reach out to God and trust in him and persevere, you fill us with the grace we need. So now you're going all over the world and and you're giving these healing services, you're giving these talks and healing services, right? Yes, yes, I think I've been to about 50 countries now. My goodness. I've been doing it for 30 years and uh, I don't know how much longer I've got left doing it, but uh, as long as God asks me to do it. (laughs) Wow. As long as God asks me to do it, I'll do it. You you you've got uh, you've got three places that you're coming to in South Louisiana. Um, I have well, I'm sorry, I'm seeing two places here. That, three, three places. He starts in Laplace. That's right. Okay, this thing is not scrolling down right. I'm sorry. You're starting off at Ascension of Our Lord, and that is in Laplace, Louisiana, and then uh, that was on March sixth, and then on uh, Thursday, March the seventh, you're going to be at St. George Catholic Church, and that is in. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The third date, do you have right there, Damien? It's in uh, Metairie. It's in Metairie. Okay. In Metairie. Great. That, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and that is mm-hmm. on March the... It, it's the following day. Yeah, okay, good. Uh-huh. Good. Thank yeah. you, because my, my little... I'm sorry, it's not showing up on my computer here, Alan. But uh, it is It is so nice that you're going to be traveling around and doing this. What What do we expect? What, what do we hope to see? Well, uh, there'll always be a mass first because the healing comes from the Holy Mass, not from me. Right. And and there'll be priests for confessions because confession is a powerful healing sacrament. So there'll be mass. Uh, I'll talk after mass uh, when the mass is finished, and then I'll I'll pray over people, lay hands on them, and uh, there'll be benediction. And so the healing comes from the mass, the confession, the exposition, and, and my talk and my prayers. They only complement the sacraments. So it's basically the same routine every night, Mass, the talk, the healing prayers, and with confessions. Well, that is wonderful. We're going to have this information. If if you can go if you go to ccmedia.live, we're going to have the uh, information there, there. Yes. And and then we're going to have the times. It's 7 p.m. I'm saying for uh, uh, the locations. So this sounds wonderful, Alan. Uh, God bless you for all the hard work that you're doing and all the traveling and and and. Uh, making up for hurting people, now you're helping everybody. So God bless you for what you do. Thank you. It's nothing more than my duty. And thank you for running Catholic Radio. It touches a lot of people. Thank you so much. All right. Well, God bless, Alan. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Bye-bye. That's amazing. I I love hearing stories, (laughs) guys, of, of people who have just, you know, been down and out. Yeah, and and are coming around, and well, then coming into the Catholic faith. That is just beautiful. Look at our saints. The history of most of our saints. They yeah. were down and out. And uh, it, as he was speaking and telling his story, it kind of reminded me of Saint Ignatius. Saint Ignatius. You know, that's, yeah, he got that's... wounded and didn't know what to do. Bored. Mm-hmm. Started reading Lives of the Saints and. Alan's kind of the same thing. He was feeling strangled and My off and on throughout the night. That's amazing story. Yeah. So. That, wow. Yeah. The devil knew that something was going to happen, that something good was within him, 
he did he wanted to put it to a stop clearly yes, yes. Yeah. look what he's doing now yes. that's that's what's happening to me sooner or later it's going to come to a stop and i'll be doing something real good no, for her. I'll, it's I'll strangle you um okay uh what do we when we come back no. we're going to be talking to father matthew dunn it's 45 past the hour on wake up Welcome back, everyone. 12 minutes before the top of the hour on this Thursday leap day morning. So glad you could join us. The 29th of February. How often do you get to say that? How often do you Four get years. to say, good morning, Father Matthew yeah. Dunn? Hopefully quite often. Good morning, brother. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. How about y'all? Doing great. Pastor over at Christ the King on LSU's campus. Always a lot of activity going on, whether the students are in school or not, right? That is absolutely the case. <laughs> You're not lying. <laughs> so, uh, we, we missed you last time, but we are going to focus on the Eucharistic Revival. You kind of uh, overseeing that project to some degree for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. But when you think about the Eucharistic Revival, it's nationwide, and boy, it is still catching on fire and still growing, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, things are kind of adding up right now and culminating this uh, later this summer in July for the National Eucharistic Congress, uh, which we're really, really excited for. We're expected between 80 and 100,000 people from across the country to be there in Indianapolis. Wow. Um, so good things are happening. Good yeah. things are happening. Now, uh, since you are part of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, do you talk to other priests or, or folks who are part of Eucharistic revivals throughout the country? Do you all have like a conference call periodically to kind of give each other updates? What What's happening on the back end that we don't necessarily get to see on a day-to-day basis? Sure. Sure. I'll tell you, this whole revival effort is so well organized that there are different committees and then committees from those committees that meet pretty regularly about the Eucharistic pilgrimage, which I can talk about next month, and then the uh, the Congress itself, and then what's going on in each diocese. So our diocese has a team of seven or eight people who meet frequently. Uh, we actually meet today, uh, come to find out, yeah. um, <laughs> about what's going on in our diocese. And then each person on that committee kind of is in a different subcommittee with people throughout the, the country who do Zoom calls and things like that. So there's not one giant cohesive update for each and every person, um, but it's just kind of collectively, kind of the way the church works, to be totally honest. Collectively, all these different things come together to make the the one big Eucharistic revival that we're seeing the fruit of. Well, one thing I noticed, I, I initially saw it in the Diocese of Lafayette, went to St. George Church Parish, and I picked up my Eucharistic Adoration Chapel Pilgrimage Passport. Tell everyone about this. I think That's this really is such cool. an awesome <laughs> idea, and uh, I hope everyone gets to participate in this right so across our diocese as many people are aware there are dozens of of adoration chapels we have one at christ the king actually Mm -hmm. um but the good people at our lady of the holy rosary in cinema um, had the idea of kind of taking that idea um from the diocese of lafayette and some other local dioceses as well and kind of curtailing it to fit our diocese so right Mm -hmm. now 
um, with the passport that they put together. There are 18 different participating chapels in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Um, and you can pick up these adoration um, chapel passport at any of those 18 locations. Like you said, there's one at St. George. They have Our Lady of the Holy Rosary and then their Lake Chapel. The closest one to me at Christ the King is uh, Sacred Heart, I believe, with Father Josh Johnson right down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find those different locations and those uh, passports where you can pick one up uh, at any of those locations, and it's on their website if, uh, if you go to Our Lady of the Holy Rosary in Santa Mall. But what this is is a little booklet that looks very similar to an actual traveling passport that lists all the days and times that these adoration chapels are open. And the, the, the idea behind it is to encourage individuals and families alike to go and make a, a little mini pilgrimage, if you will. So if I'm a parishioner at Christ the King and I want to go to Our Lady of the Holy Rosary, I can drive the 40 minutes or so, make it a point to schedule it, go this day. And once I visit with our Lord for about 30 minutes or so, just kind of check off on the passport, stamp it, or do something creative, just to kind of keep track of all the different places where you've gone to see Jesus in the Most Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And as you, if you go to five chapels, as you check them off, you can uh, drop your passport off uh, at Our Lady of Holy Rosary Catholic Church in their lobby. they got a box. They're going to draw a prize when it's all what? said and done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody's going to uh, get until August 1st. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I think it's a great idea. I am seeing adoration uh, of the Blessed Sacrament popping up in church parishes everywhere. Yes. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be 24-7, mm-hmm. right, Father Matthew? That is absolutely correct. I mean, and to be honest, with adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, whether Jesus is exposed in the monstrance or just in the tabernacle, mm-hmm. He is there, and that counts as adoration, and it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I know at Christ the King, every semester we'll see two to 3,000 3, students coming by just to visit our Lord for a little bit, which My is goodness. such a beautiful and encouraging thing to see as a, mm-hmm. as a Catholic and as a priest especially. Yeah. Now, I know you said next month we're going to focus a little more on the pilgrimage uh, that is actually going to mm-hmm. take place and lead toward Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, for the conference itself. But some new data and information has come out. And one of the things I noticed was at, at the time, a month or two ago, we didn't know where the exact route of the uh, Juan Diego, which is the name of the uh, pilgrimage that, that is going to travel in the southern part of the United States, but uh, not only uh-huh. is New Orleans going to be a stop, but according to the website this week, it shows Baton Rouge will be one as well. We most certainly will be. They'll be here for a little less than 24 hours. They get in one evening and then um, throughout the next day before they head over to the Archdiocese in New Orleans, they'll be here. Wow. Uh, we're working out the details with the National Pilgrimage right now as to what that's going to look like while they're here in Baton Rouge. So. We'll have those details for you next month, but it's it's very exciting that we actually are one of the dioceses that they are choosing to come walk through and, and bring awesome. our Lord through. I hope yeah. they need a big venue. Yeah. You know? Oh, they're going to have yeah. to be because yes. the young people that are participating and are signing up is unbelievable. There's, it could be thousands of people I hope making so. that pilgrimage. I just hope crawfish are kicking in by then because <laughs> we're going to need a lot of them. Right, <laughs> Father Matthew? 
Yes, indeed. You and me both. I hope that is the case. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, before we wrap up, we'd love to have a blessing from you uh, on this Leap Day. Most certainly. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of friendship, the gift of community, and the gift of Catholic community media. We ask that you send your Spirit upon us today to go before us, behind us, above us, beneath us, beside us, and within us. And may Almighty God bless you this day and always, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Father Matthew Dunn, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Most certainly. God bless y'all. God bless you. We're going to see him next week. Yeah. Next week he's coming to help us with our pledge drive. Mm -hmm. By the way, I want to mention Matthew Kelly, two books out there right now in regards to the Eucharist. Beautiful Eucharist is one of the books. The other one is the consecration to the Eucharist. Uh, You may want to partake in that as well, especially during the Lenten season, as it's still plenty of time to do that as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Damien. A wonderful interview with Father Matthew Dunn. Looking forward to seeing him next week. And looking forward to a wonderful lineup for you tomorrow for Friday's Wake Up Show. Starting off with the Louisiana Knights of Columbus, Eric Miller will be giving us their monthly update of what the Knights are up to. It's a busy time, as you can imagine. We'll hear all about it. Sherry Salvaggio joins us. She's the interim president over at Cabrini High School in New Orleans, and we are talking about the new Cabrini movie coming up. Mm. Deacon Don Allison, Deacon at St. Aloysius in Baton Rouge, will talk about how major life events formed him into the diaconate and called him to the vocations of the diaconate. And Terry Dixon, Director of Communications in the Diocese of Biloxi, will give us an update of what you'll find in this week's Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper in the diocese. Have a wonderful Thursday and a wonderful Leap Day. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.